3: of the world and especially the United States Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening, you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting around the world, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, on the Fringe FM. You can download the Fringe FM app for free if you don't have it already, to listen to the network and The Secret Teachings, along with all of our other shows. You can listen on TalkStream Live and the Paranormal Radio app as well. But if you missed any of our past episodes, we have a lot of really great ones in the archive. Oops, they did it again. I'm a slave for you. The Britney Spears show we did last week. The show on Delta Farce and our first Olympic show. Light a Cauldron, Extinguish a War. All those shows from last week. The week before. Last week, the Lady in Red Lingerie show, which did very, very well. Along with a show on eugenics. All of those shows from the past two weeks in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you miss those shows, you can subscribe to the archive on the site and get access to those shows to download and stream them along with every show that we do here on The Secret Teachings. Going back years in the archive, even if you're not a subscriber, you can get access to some of the older shows and some of the free archives that we have up for sample shows and shows on health. I've had a couple of listeners suggest making a few more free archives that are very small with some shows that have common similar themes. So I'm going to be doing that as well. But if you want to support the show and you want to get direct access to every single broadcast in the archive on our website, plus the montage archive, you can download and stream all of this, by the way, And access to my digital books, which you can download as well. And you'll also be supporting The Secret Teachings and helping us to do this show five nights a week. Just go to the website www.thesecretteachings.info. Click on the subscribe tab at the top of the page. And you will be able to subscribe to the archive that way weekly, monthly, or yearly. And check this out. When you subscribe for one year, you get all of that and you get your choice of one of my books a physical copy autographed with free shipping in the united states occult arcana food philosophy and the technological elixir the book that i really should be promoting more and more of because there is so much in that book from artificial intelligence and digital subrealities to technocracy and the growing expansion of authoritarianism around the world using technology in the midst of the so-called pandemic. There's also sections in that book on UFOs, UFO cults, the music industry, and more. That's the technological elixir. But if you want to understand the basis for the occultism that we use to analyze things on this show, like the lady in the red dress or the symbolism of the rose, all of that and more, in the most unbiased way that I'm able to write it, is in my book, Occult Arcana. You can grab those books separately on the website. Read reviews, all of it. www.thesecretteachings.info And while you're there, the slider bar at the top of the page will give you some links to our affiliates, Pro One Water Filters and US Plus Health. US Plus Health is offering 20% off for all listeners of The Secret Teachings with the promo code TSTCLEAN, or you can just use the link on our website. If you'd like to contact the show, the email is rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. And our social media page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. It's pretty easy to find us, the website, the Facebook page, and through the email. As most of you know, I work a part-time job, and in the midst of preparing to move, I will be moving to the southwest of the United States, down into the desert. Lived there a couple of months, a few years ago, and was forced to move up here to the northeast. And uh, now I have an opportunity to go back to the southwest. My fiancé, Hope, and I will be going down there, hopefully by the end of the year, if not by the end of the year, early next year. So we'll be transitioning, and uh, I'm very excited about that. Uh, But before we transition, we were trying to save up a little bit more money. uh, Working a part-time job, as I do outside of radio, can get kind of difficult. But uh, recently, uh, I focused so much attention on radio that I have no space, no energy for concern uh, over this part-time job which I've talked about a lot here on the show, had some issues there with legalities and things that dealt with current events relating to the so-called pandemic. Back last year when the pandemic began, or really the, the end of 2019 and 2020, uh, there were case caps put on the food that was ordered in our store because there were supply line shortages. And I'll never forget, this guy came into the store when I was still working on the floor and he asked if we had some some kind of frozen food product. And I said, no, we're, we're out of that. Um, and I don't think we're going to get it in for a while because of the, the food shortages. Now, I work in produce, but I knew that the frozen food and the grocery department, it's a very small store. So everybody kind of is working together. And uh, I knew that they were going to have issues getting a lot of the frozen foods in. So I told him, no, we don't have it. We probably won't have it for a while. Now, this guy kind of, he didn't freak out, but he kind of had this look on his face, and he said, he's like, well, then what am I supposed to do? He, he asked me that directly. So what am I supposed to do? And I said, I, I don't know, buy, you know buy, buy something else. He's like, well, what am I going to eat then? And I just, that question and the look on his face has stuck with me for over a year now. What am I going to eat then? Because we didn't have one frozen food that you want, that you like, What are you going to eat? We're literally standing in a produce section that is overflowing with produce. Produce was one of the things that we could still get a lot of in, even though there were case caps. We get a lot of stuff locally uh, from local farmers, uh, organic or CNG or IPM. So we have a big selection of produce. And the guy's just standing there looking at me. What am I going to eat then? Now, this was around the time last year, early last year, where people were starting to get into a jog toward the, the the running that was the panic buying. And then, of course, the toilet paper and all that uh, was part of it. And I'll never forget that because I, I, I thought in that moment there's so much food. And I know I discussed it on a show last year, early in the year, that there might be food shortages here in the United States, but Overall, there's still going to be access to food. It just might not be the food that you want to eat or the food that you would normally buy, but there's going to be access to food. I also thought, because I did a show last year, and we've done some shows this year, on food waste, and how in the United States of America, we waste, on average, about 40% of the food that we purchase and take home and put in our refrigerator or our cabinets. There have been numerous studies and articles over the years about food waste in the United States. One back in 2016, half of all U.S. food uh, produce is thrown away, new research suggests. That's due to the demand for fruit and vegetables that look quote-unquote perfect, you know, they'll throw bananas out if bananas don't have the right curve, uh, and that's at the source of the grower, not even the grocery store. Uh, at the grocery store level, there are a lot of big grocery stores that will uh, pull things just because they don't look right, not not because they have a scar or a hole in them, or you know, they fell on the floor or something like that. They'll just pull them because, well, that that peach isn't perfect, and a lot of stores will just throw them away. They won't even compost them. Uh, our store composts them, but they, uh, there's so much of the food now that uh, a lot, sometimes it goes into compost. It fills the compost bin up and we don't have anything else to do with it. So we end up throwing it in the trash. Uh, and even working at a store like this, there's only really a handful of us who take a lot of the free food home. And it's perfectly fine food. Uh, we pull things with uh, scars or with holes in them. But, but overall, uh, you think about big grocery stores. Like I, I think about Wegmans here in New York or Publix down in the South or Kroger or Giant Eagle or stores like um, uh, uh, there's a bunch of other stores I've been to, like Natural Grocers. They're, they're a very big uh, grocery store chain. Uh, but like Fred Meyer, they have a huge produce section. Like the, the ones with big, big produce sections is the amount of food that is thrown out, the amount of food that is, that is wasted on a daily basis um, is staggering. It's, it's really hard to comprehend. I work at a small store, and the food waste is hard to understand. It's, far, it's really hard to, to process and comprehend. I can't imagine what it is at a bigger store. And, uh, you know, over the years, as I said, there have been a number of reports that have come out over the amount of food that is wasted in the United States. And by extension, that also means that farmland and uh, water is also wasted. Uh, time and energy resources is wasted in the production of this food. You know, uh, people, they grow celery. Uh, they'll cut down the stalks of the celery and leave not for celery hearts. That's even worse. But just for regular old celery, they cut the tops, and they'll pull uh, pieces off the side and cut part of the bottom off, you, you end up with like, um, you know, a smaller percentage of the actual stock of, bro- uh, of, of whether it's actually broccoli, a uh, little slip there in my train of thought, but broccoli or um, uh, celery. Uh, and then if you did the celery hearts, you get like 30% of the actual, the actual plant that was grown. It's a very small percentage. And the rest of that just lays in the field and goes to waste. Uh, Sweet potatoes, any kind of potato, it just goes to waste. It's not pulled up out of the ground. And Now, I don't necessarily say waste in the sense that um, we need to uh, talk about climate change and the environment. Uh, I think the problem is an individual who purchases way too much, therefore creating a demand for those products... And then that drives the usage of more water and the the usage of more land and more resources to produce those products for which the average person in the United States goes home and they end up getting rid of about 40% of their produce. Now I'm guilty of that. Uh, Not 40%. If I'm buying it, maybe 10% goes to waste and uh, hope and I compost as well. Um, I've been wanting to do that for a while. She finally got me into doing the compost, but, uh, you know, the average person doesn't mean the average person's a bad person, but the average person wastes about half of the food that they purchase and bring home. And that might make you think, like, well, that makes, uh, you know, processed foods a better option then. Well, not necessarily because we waste a lot of that too. And those kinds of uh, processed foods are usually not that nutritious. So there's a balance between nutrition and calories and water usage and land usage and, and, um, Uh, the amount of uh, energy and resources that go into producing and transporting uh, and marketing and selling food, uh, produce or otherwise. And here in the United States, uh, this big report just came out from the Rockefeller Foundation. Here in the United States, our food system is being scrutinized uh, because there are severe health consequences, which I've been an advocate for discussing on this show for years, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, you name it, from consuming the types of diets we consume in the United States and in the Western world in general. And the Rockefeller Foundation agrees with that. They also say that there are climate consequences of the American food system as well. And although there certainly are climate consequences, they neglect to talk about pesticides, herbicides, and insecticides. Uh, They neglect to talk about genetic engineering. In fact, when they talk about genetic engineering, whether it's the Rockefeller Foundation or any big foundation, they always talk about it as the solution to the problem. More genetic engineering, more chemicals, more pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, which actually depletes the quality of the soil and the soil itself to grow the food in. It, It decimates topsoil every cycle, every season. It's not sustainable. So why exactly are these groups like the Rockefeller Foundation and uh, non-governmental organizations and environmental groups suggesting, some of them, not all of them, that GMOs and chemicals are the solution to create a more sustainable environment? It actually creates a less sustainable environment, more more uh, of an unsustainable environment than we already have in terms of food production. So why suggest that? Other groups are more... Environmental in a classical sense, and they just want people to, you know, they want people to live their lives and, you know, bathe in patchouli oil and live out in the woods and uh, not wear deodorant. And uh, I think there's a balance between the two uh, perceived extremes. Now, while we discuss the American food system and it's in the news uh, internationally, Americans eat too much and there's consequences to that. Venezuelans and Cubans and North Koreans and you know, pretty much any communist country or any authoritarian regime that tries to plan the economy sees their citizens starve and sees their citizens not only in need of food, but in need of electricity, in need of medicine, in need of ways to communicate because governments like the Cuban government have shut down the Internet due to recent protests. We need to have some perspective on this, and I'm going to give it to you tonight I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. It's no food for thought crime. This is The Fringe FM. We'll be back. Attention. You are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM.
0: If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions or, for $50 a year, get access to the archive and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit the thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM
3: Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings. And like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home business and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. i personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and US Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN.
0: And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK. The Fringe FM. You're listening to the Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit the Secret Teachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable
4: at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to. The Secret Teachings, excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan
3: Gable.
2: People are lining up for food. That's a good thing.
6: The World Food Program is warning that by the end of this year, it could have to feed the most people in the agency's history, nearly 140 million. That's 40 million more than they expected pre-COVID. In a new report, it warns that COVID-19 has exacerbated already existing crises like climate change and displacement from war. For those already in need, the hungry and starving, COVID-19 is accelerating their nightmares.
4: Cubans taking
6: to the streets, protestants, brought- testing food and medicine shortages. riots and looting for almost a week. South Africa is trying to slowly get back on its feet. But now the challenge is meeting food demand. Protests are breaking out across Cuba and being supported by Cuban Americans in the U.S. Demonstrators are demanding change as they're forced to deal with food shortages and price hikes, all as the country suffers from the coronavirus.
2: This is a problem. The supermarkets, which kept the nation fed during lockdowns, now find their supply lines under pressure and maternal mortality have risen dramatically, and anemia, according to one recent report, now impacts 62% of Venezuelans. letter calls on Boris Johnson to intervene to avert critical supply chains failing at an unprecedented and unimaginable level. It adds supermarkets are already reporting that they are not receiving their expected food stocks.
0: I'm a fan of wearing a mask, and I
3: hope you are too. No mask, no soup. You know, it's funny, sometimes American journalists look about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a
2: good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. No soup. That's a good thing.
3: No food for you. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings radio broadcast. The total health and climate consequences of the American food system cost three times as much as the food itself. A new report from the Rockefeller Foundation documents how the United States spends over $1 trillion a year on food. But when you factor in the impacts of the food system, whether it's biodiversity loss, health care costs, climate change, etc., it's over $3 trillion. This is according to the Rockefeller Foundation. I find this really interesting for a couple of reasons. The Rockefeller Foundation says the health impacts are the biggest hidden cost of the food system. With more than $1 trillion a year, spent on health-related items paid for by Americans, an estimated $604 billion of that to disease, hypertension, cancer, diabetes, etc., all linked to diet. Now, I agree with the Rockefeller Foundation. That is the biggest hidden cost of our food system here in the United States and in most of the Western world. If you look at places like Okinawa, Up until a few decades ago, uh, Okinawans were the longest living people on the planet. Once they had been introduced to a Western diet, their life expectancy and lifespans declined sharply, dramatically. I agree with the Rockefeller Foundation. You might not have expected to hear that out of my mouth, but I agree with the Rockefeller Foundation. The biggest hidden cost of the American food system or Western food systems, is all of these preventable diseases. Now, when you think about these diseases, you might think about other health authorities that are trying to prevent these diseases. Right now, everybody focuses on viral contagion, but the Centers for Disease Control, no matter how corrupt they are, have also made very accurate, very truthful, and unbiased even Statements like the Rockefeller Foundation has in a new report. The CDC has estimated several times, and we've looked at that estimation here on this show and in my book, Food Philosophy. The CDC has estimated that anywhere between 40 to 80 percent, roughly half, let's say, of all diseases relating to cancer, diabetes, heart disease, strokes, these can be prevented with a little bit of exercise, just a few minutes a day, and changing one's diet. The specifics of which are probably pretty obvious. Eating less processed food, not smoking, not drinking, at least as much as you used to. This is what the Centers for Disease Control says. Now, I find it interesting that the CDC has said if you are able to stop drinking, smoking, and eat better, start eating better, you can reduce things like cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Anywhere between 40% to 80% of cases can be prevented, you know, not just, you know, reversed, but prevented. And, of course, stopping those harmful lifestyle choices can also reverse some of those diseases as well. CDC says that nobody seems to be concerned. Nobody seems to be concerned about the leading causes of death in the United States. Heart disease, over 600,000. Smoking, 400 plus thousand. 40% of heart disease can be prevented through lifestyle alterations. That's a huge number. The CDC says up to 40% of annual deaths from each of the five leading causes of death are preventable. Preventable heart disease, cancer, chronic lower respiratory disease, stroke, and unintentional injuries. You put unintentional injuries aside, half of all deaths from these kinds of problems can be avoided by you. Not by a vaccine. I'm sure I triggered triggered the algorithm now. Not with a vaccine. Not with a pharmaceutical drug. But with plants. Literally with plants and just reducing forget plants don't drink and don't smoke as much now people don't want to hear that because that's the lifestyle they want to live. But for some reason people will listen to lockdowns and masking and vaccines and experimental medical treatments and social distancing they don't have to look at the science or the evidence they'll just do it because they're afraid. I guess if every night on TV some scientist or doctor got on TV and said those types of uh things in a in a terrifying, traumatizing way and said it's because you have heart disease that other people have heart disease, maybe people would be scared and they would do something about it. But I'm not going to harp on this tonight. I want that to be made very clear that most of these types of diseases related to diet can be reversed and, according to the Centers for Disease Control even, can be averted entirely. And the Rockefeller Foundation agrees with this in relation to the health consequences of our food system. The Rockefeller Foundation also calculated the financial burden of environmental problems. The researchers evaluated direct environmental impacts of farming and ranching on greenhouse gas emissions, water depletion, and soil erosion to quantify what they call the true cost of food. The true cost of food. The report found that rates of diagnosed diabetes are 1.7 times higher in Latin Americans 1.5 1.5 times higher in black Americans than in white Americans. And it found air pollution exposure is 41% higher for black Americans with uh, uh, with regards to white Americans in comparison. There's a lot of reasons for this. Rockefeller Foundation starts to suggest that it's a racial problem. Well, most cities have worse air pollution than parts of the countryside. Most cities are predominantly minority. Cities are where... You have the slums and the ghettos. So, of course, air pollution is going to be worse for those minority groups. When they're in a city, they're not a minority group. They're usually a majority group. But, yeah, of course. I mean, hell, there's a documentary I watched on Amazon Prime with uh, Cedric the Entertainer. And uh, it was a documentary about heart disease and diabetes in, in, in blacks. And that blacks suffer from a far higher rate of diabetes and heart disease, and things like this than, than other communities. It's because of their poor diets. And so that's not because of racism. That's because of personal choice. There are plenty of black folks who are very, very healthy. And there are plenty of white folks who are very, very sick. But the Rockefeller Foundation wants to make this about race because, of course, everything is about racism. A guy named Rajiv Shah, president of the Rockefeller Foundation, said this report is a wake-up call. The U.S. food system, as it stands, is adversely affecting our environment, our health, and our society. To fix a problem, we need to first understand its context. The data in this report reveals not only the negative impacts of the American food system, but also what steps we can take to make it more equitable, resilient, and nourishing. More equitable. More equitable. That means controlling the food supply. To make it more resilient and nourishing. That means altering. The food supply. Genetically. That means controlling. The food supply. And controlling nature. Not just through genetic engineering. But through the usage of chemicals. But don't they want to make a more sustainable world. They want to make a more sustainable. Equitable. Re- uh, resilient and nourishing food system. By genetically altering. To own the food. And by using herbicides, pesticides, and insecticides on crops to poison the food and the ground and the insects and the animals and humans and call that sustainable. It's the very opposite of sustainability, and it has nothing to do with race unless you're talking about the human race and the people that want to control the food to control the people, then you're talking about racism. But it's racism against the whole of the human race. According to this report from the Rockefeller Foundation, if U.S. rates of diet-related disease were reduced to similar rates in countries like Canada, healthcare costs could be reduced by $250 billion a year. This would require the food industry to focus on creating healthier foods and adhering to more rigorous regulations for the marketing of unhealthy foods. Now that I agree agree with 100%. There should be strict regulations on unhealthy food. And it's not that the government should prevent you from buying a soda. I think that's preposterous. Or the government should prevent you from buying those Cheez-Its. I think... There should be more information awareness to start with, and there should be more regulation of the marketing for unhealthy foods, and there should be subsidies not for cash crops like corn and not for sugar and high fructose corn syrup, which comes from corn. There should be subsidies for vegetables, subsidies for fruits, subsidies for grains, not so that they're grown as a cash crop to be turned into processed foods, but so they get to your table so that you can get them in their original form if there were more subsidies for these things yeah it might hurt some farmers but it would also help other farmers and it would help the general public and I think that that is in a in a minor way a positive way that a government can assist rather than giving all the money to big corporations biotechnology companies etc. So I agree with the Rockefeller Foundation in that regard. In regard to what's equitable and the climate, I disagree. Although we shouldn't be spraying chemicals on the ground, the Rockefeller Foundation doesn't acknowledge that. They say, oh, it's climate change, it's it's carbon emissions. How about the chemicals that we use, like the literally tens of thousands of chemicals that are used? That's very unsustainable. The Rockefeller Report also suggests that if the United States could reduce agricultural greenhouse gas emissions to keep the global temperature increase below 1.5 degrees Celsius of pre-industrial levels, then some $100 billion could be saved in additional environmental costs. You know what I think about this? I think that if you read the report, as I just read you, little segments of it, the cost of food production, marketing, and consumption is in a health-related sense, more expensive than the damage done to the climate. That's what the report says. You could lower healthcare costs by $250 billion, but you could lower climate costs by $100 billion. In other words, disease caused by poor lifestyles, poor diet choices, etc., is a bigger crisis than climate change, according to the Rockefeller Foundation. So how... Our White House can say that climate change is, other than white supremacy, the biggest threat to national security. Just doesn't match up with even official globalist studies like this one from the Rockefeller Foundation. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense even to globalist elitists. Disease is the biggest problem that we face. Preventable. Reversible disease, that's one of the biggest problems we face. At least in comparison to climate issues, disease is a bigger problem. But this is really where this report from the Rockefeller Foundation goes. Melissa Ho, a senior vice president at the World Wildlife Fund and an advisor on the report for the Rockefeller Foundation, had this to say, and it's a very common theme that we're going to look at tonight. Here's what she said. COVID exposed so much that was broken. But building back better, pretty sure I heard that somewhere, means supporting producers and connecting the dots to health, environment, and business viability for farmers. No mention of the government subsidies given to those who farm cash crops, which even without chemicals deplete the soil. It helps to shave off topsoil every season, every cycle, just using the same crop in the same ground over and over and over again. uh, If you're not uh, rotating your crops, Uh, no mention of insecticides, pesticides, herbicides, no mention of atrazine, no mention of glyphosate, no mention of dicamba, no mention of the multinational biotechnology corporations that aim to alter, patent and own. The food that you consume no mention of Bill Gates owning more farmland than anybody else in the United States or having major investments in fake meat products which are made out of soy for which Bill Gates has hundreds of millions of dollars invested in through biotechnology companies. No mention of that. Just black people are sicker than white people and we need to create a more equitable food system. That's what the Rockefeller Rockefeller report says. Black people and Latin people are more sick than white people, so we need a better food system. Well, let's just say we had a more equitable food system, whatever that looked like. Um, Black people are probably going to still be more unhealthy because culturally black people consume things that are less healthy. Now, is that the fault of the average black person? No, because white people are just just as likely to consume those poor foods. In fact, black, white, Doesn't really matter. Across the board, Americans are sick. Very, very sick. And if you look at the details, sure, a higher percentage of the black community is affected because contrary to popular belief, the U.S. population is comprised of only 13 to 14 percent black folks. So if half of the black population, 6, 7 percent, is suffering from diabetes and heart disease, you know, Uh, In comparison with uh, the majority white population, which although it's about 40 percent with obesity and things like that, diabetes, onset diabetes and heart disease and whatnot, um, that's still, you know, if it's six, seven percent, let's say let's say it's seven percent to make it more than half. uh, That means the black community suffers disproportionately to the white community, but there's less of the black community and there's a heavier focus on those foods culturally and there's a compression of the black community. So, of course, the black community is disproportionately affected. And when you have poor lifestyle decisions like that, whether you're black or white or Asian or whatever you are and you get really sick and then you have a so-called pandemic and they say, well, black people are suffering more. It's, It's less equitable. The medical system. No, black people have made poor choices like white people and other people. See, this whole thing is just a statistical mind game is what it is. It's a statistical mind game. It's a big joke. But if you think for yourself and you question these things, you question the statistics, well, then you're a thought criminal. If you're a thought criminal, guess what? You don't get any food. But Melissa Ho, vice president of the World Wildlife Fund, advisor to the report from the Rockefeller Foundation, says it's COVID's fault. COVID exposed these problems, and we need to build back better. Now, why would Melissa Ho a senior vice president at the World Wildlife Fund and an advisor to the Rockefeller Foundation, why would she be using the campaign slogan of President Joe Biden? Can anybody explain that to me? Why would this woman be using the campaign slogan of the current White House administration? Building back better. Maybe it's because that's not really the slogan that Joe Biden picked out in a genius, a genius, and and coincidental fashion, to really show the American people we can build this country back after Donald Trump destroyed it. I mean, Joe Biden's a genius, obviously. Well, what it really is is it's just globalism. It's the World Economic Forum. It's the United Nations. It's a talking point. It's a bulletin. It's a buzzword. Series of buzzwords: build back better. Actually, it's an old communist Chinese slogan. To build a better socialist world. And there was a name for that too. It was called the three banners. The three red banners. Just like the three red banners on the Biden-Harris campaign logo. It was a 1950s slogan in communist China. Calling on the people to build a socialist state. Or a better socialist state on the ashes of the nationalist government. Build back better. The White House uses it. Melissa Ho, the World Wildlife Fund, and an advisor to the Rockefeller Foundation uses it. COVID exposed so much that was broken, but building back better means supporting producers and connecting the dots to health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the World Economic Forum uses it. And Communist China uses it. So that should tell you where this information is coming from. And what the intent of a report like that is all about. Now, when you think about food in the United States and our food supply and the shortages of some things, we don't really have a food supply issue in the United States in the sense that we really don't have food shortages in the United States. Yeah, you might not be able to get, you know, three of the item you want. You might have to buy one, but you can still get it. And yeah, that one item might be out of stock for a while. But you can still get access to other items. Like organic lemons have been out of stock for a while. But you could still get conventional lemons. And even if organic lemons and conventional lemons are out of stock, you still get a lime. And even if you can't get a lime or a lemon, organic or otherwise. Does that mean that the whole produce section is depleted? Does that mean the grocery section, the frozen food section, the meat department... Does that mean it's all depleted because you can't get the one? Oh, I needed that ingredient. Damn this pandemic. There's a food shortage. There's just we're starving to death. The store is still 90 plus percent stocked. You just might not be able to buy everything that you want or everything that you might need for a recipe or something. There's still plenty of food. We're missing perspective on this. And I'll tell you something. I was, you know, I, uh. I don't really start conversations anymore, but I had somebody start a conversation with me um at my part-time job at the grocery store and they asked me a question and we got into this discussion where this guy said, "Is he, said, you know, I think Americans are really brainwashed." And I said, "Well, um I agree that Americans are brainwashed, but I think that's a blanket statement first of all. Americans are brainwashed. Some Americans are, a lot of uh Australians are brainwashed, uh, a lot of people in uh the U.K. are brainwashed and Russia, China, a lot of China's brainwashed. But his point was like, I think Americans are brainwashed. And he said, I think that, you know, there's just so much propaganda, so much manipulation. And I said, well, I agree with that. But why do you think Americans are brainwashed in, in this way? And we talked about it. And I said, in regards to, to to his comments, I said, Americans are brainwashed. More so by the fact that we don't really have. Perspective, And we don't really have perspective because we've had it so good in the United States that we have no context, no ability to compare our daily life with the struggles of people in India, in the slums that are starving to death, that are dying of malnutrition or just starving to death. They have no food at all. They're living in squalor. People in North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba. We have no ability to, to, to understand the, the context of that, even if someone tries to put it in context with this. You don't know what it's like to go to the store and not have food unless you came from one of those countries. You don't know what it's like to go to the grocery store and everything's cleaned off the shelf. Boo-hoo. There isn't Charmin Ultra toilet paper. You might have to buy Angel Soft. Oh, my God, you can only buy one. Yeah, most Americans don't have that perspective because we've lived in a country where we have an abundance of resources. We have an abundance of options. We don't know what it's like to go to the store and not have any food. People in Cuba do. People in North Korea do. People in Venezuela do. What do all those countries have in common? Dictatorships, communism, communism planned economies, and yet these are the solutions, in effect, being proposed to fix the Western system, to fix the United States, a socialist, communist, planned economy, which leads to people dying of starvation, having no medicine, having no electricity. Maybe running water is a thing, but it's not purified, it's dirty running water. Just like, hey, there's a problem with diet and food choices and environmental issues, but the solution that's offered is genetic engineering and chemical usage. It's unsustainable. It's about control and power. That's what it's about. And if you question that power, then no food for you. We're going to get into this in the next hour. Please stay with us. There's a lot more to talk about right here on the broadcast. The Secret Teachings, I'm Ryan Gable. Stay with us. lifting the veil and peering into the abyss should only be done with the proper tools. Get them right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And don't forget to download the Fringe FM app for free for your mobile device.
5: Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover, dot info.
3: Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple to use systems for the home business and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals and more and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I've personally used their systems now for five years and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and US Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN
0: the truth is out there and so are we ktlk digital broadcasting the fringe fm are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality. Add others' overdubs and clips, mix multiple clips and tracks by volume, deliver consistent sound. Live podcast production, show notes, and SEO optimization, episode uploads, hosting, live call screening, balance levels, and loudspeaker broadcast standards. Full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, no artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit the Fringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today.
1: Everything is awesome. Everything
2: is cool when you're part of
4: a team. What are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and, of course, the paranormal. Listen to The rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting.
0: KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
3: People are lining up for food. That's a good thing.
6: The World Food Program is warning that by the end of this year, it could have to feed the most people in the agency's history, nearly 140 million. That's 40 million more than they expected pre-COVID. In a new report, it warns that COVID-19 has exacerbated already existing crises like climate change and displacement from war. For those already in need, the hungry and starving, COVID-19 is accelerating their nightmares.
3: Cubans taking to the streets, protesting testing food and medicine shortages.
6: Riots and looting for almost a week. South Africa is trying to slowly get back on its feet. But now the challenge is meeting food demand. Protests are breaking out across Cuba and being supported by Cuban Americans in the U.S. Demonstrators are demanding change as they're forced to deal with food shortages and price hikes, all as the country suffers from
2: the coronavirus. This is a problem. The supermarkets, which kept the nation fed during lockdowns, now find their supply lines under pressure and maternal mortality have risen dramatically and anemia, according to one recent report, now impacts 62% of Venezuelans. The calls on Boris Johnson to intervene to avert critical supply chains failing at an unprecedented and unimaginable level. It adds supermarkets are already reporting that they are not receiving their expected food stocks.
0: I'm a fan of wearing a mask and I hope you are too.
3: No mask, no soup. You know, it's funny, sometimes American journalists look about how bad a country is because people are lining up for
2: food that's a good thing in other countries people don't line up for food the rich get the food and the poor starve to death no soup that's a good thing
3: no food for you i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings radio somebody put up a bernie sanders sticker a couple of bernie sanders stickers in the uh back room where i work at a grocery store and it was on a whiteboard and so i went over to the whiteboard and I wrote next to it. I said, "Who doesn't love food lines?" Uh, <laughs> nobody said anything yet, but I, I thought that, you know, there might be one person who kind of just has like a mental breakdown because they uh, they can't converse about, you know, it's just it's just a joke. As Bernie Sanders said, "That's a good thing." You know, pe- journalists they talk about how countries have food lines, uh, and this is a good thing because people are lining up to get the food. And in other countries, the elite get the food and the poor people don't get the food. They starve to death. And what Bernie Sanders neglects to mention is that people are lining up in food lines because the elite took all the food to begin with. So it's not a good thing that people are in food lines. It's not a good thing that people need whale barrels full of money to buy food. It's not a good thing that there's no rice. There's no basic necessities. There's no bread. There's no rice. There's no anything. That's not a good thing, Bernie. But people like Bernie Sanders, people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And yes, certainly there are people on the political spectrum on the right who use ad hominem attacks and they use misleading arguments when discussing uh, policies of AOC and the green new deal or people like Bernie Sanders. There's no doubt about that. But, but consider someone like Bernie Sanders who honeymooned in the Soviet union, who, uh, admires, uh, Fidel Castro, uh, you know, just admires uh, authoritarian communist regimes, uh, is a uh, socialist communist himself. He'll say he's not. He's a democratic. socialist. I'm a democratic socialist. Uh, democratic socialism doesn't really matter what you call it. It's still the same system that leads to poverty and uh, destruction. But, you know, you think about someone like Bernie Sanders or you think about all the societal problems that. We are told, I don't know about you where you live, but here in the United States, we're told like virtually every single day by the media how racist and how bigoted and how horrible the United States is. We have a horrible history, racism and, you know, slavery. Now, the actual facts about history don't matter that much because you can ask those people this question when they say, this country is founded on racism. I'd ask, well, um, I know there are various factors, but why exactly was there a civil war then? And uh, who was it that ended slavery? I'll wait. And uh, who was it, what was the color of the skin of the people who ended slavery? Uh, I'll wait. But see, they don't want to answer those questions because they want to paint this picture that this country's this this that's this horrible past. It's just and because of that, we should dismantle it today. Now, tonight's show isn't about that, but I just think about that for a second, and then try. I don't know if it means watching a documentary, reading a book, try to imagine what it's like to live in Cuba or in Venezuela or in the Soviet Union, or in Hitler's Germany, or North Korea, or Mussolini's Italy. Uh, Imagine what it was like for all those Ukrainians who starved to death. Imagine what it was like for all those Chinese, about 40-plus million of them, that starved to death under Mao's reign of terror. I read a book series recently, a three-part book series written by a man named Frank de Kuder. And And uh, this book series, uh, the first one uh, I think is in the series is Tragedy of Liberation. And then there's Mao's Great Famine. Uh, and then there's The Cultural Revolution. It's a really great book series. And in this uh, series of books, uh, which come right out of the Communist Party archives, uh, one of the first times a journalist has been able to get in there and, and get access to all that, uh, I think uh, Frank lives in Hong Kong. There are, uh, you know, tons and tons and tons, like thousands of reference points to party archives uh, where they discuss uh, the things that were happening uh, after the revolution or during or after, during, uh, before, during, and after the revolution. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things that are documented in this book series include things about uh, food shortages and how the government uh, demanded more and more of the food. And when they didn't receive it, Uh, rather than admitting that they were wrong about a planned economy being the best way to run uh, an economy. uh, They just demanded more. And so the local cadres would get together and they would boost the numbers to pretend like there was more food being produced. The government kept taking more and more of it and people started to starve to death. Uh, Literally tens of millions of people starved to death under Mao's planned economy system. And in one of the books, it's a very good, good Chinese history book. Uh, the author writes about how Mao was living in this big house with a heating system and people waiting on him hand and foot and he had you know all the meat he could want, all the meat he desired, all the food he desired, while literally millions of people froze to death in little huts, ate leather belts or ate mud, which um, turned to, you know, sludge in their stomachs like rock, and they died, or people that ate out of desperation the, the roofs of their little huts. And um, that's a hard thing to conceive of, living in a more civilized country, a, a more first-world country. It's hard to conceive of. Have you ever been so hungry that you ate dirt? Have you ever been so hungry that you tried to eat your roof? you ever been so hungry that you ate your dog? Don't say things like that. Dogs are our friends. Really? Dogs are your friends. Why do you put them on leashes? And why do you tell them what they can and can't do? Oh, because humans have dominion over the animals. I'm digressing from the point, but would you eat your dog? You wouldn't eat your dog, would you? Because you love your dog. And the Chinese are barbarians for eating dogs. Really? Well, some people think that you're a barbarian for eating a, a cow. But again, I'm digressing from the point. The point is, would you eat your dog if you were hungry enough? You've probably never been hungry enough to consider eating your dog, have you? I haven't been. I haven't been hungry enough to consider eating just a random animal I see running down the street. So you can't talk, and I can't talk, about what is happening to people in places like Cuba, or South Africa, or North Korea or what has happened to people in the past in the Soviet Union or the Ukraine or China, because we have no perspective, we have no ability beyond recognizing it to put this into context with how we live our lives. You don't know what it's like unless you've lived in one of those countries. You don't know what it's like to go. No one has ever gone to Walmart and there's no food on the shelf. That's never happened in the United States of America. There might be shortages of things, but you can still get other things. There's still an availability of products. When's the last time you went to Albertsons or Kroger or Giant Eagle or the Piggly Wiggly and there was no food? Where people were rioting in the streets demanding a cup of rice. When's the last time that's happened in America? oh, Ryan, there's been food shortages in the past. No, I don't mean food shortages where you can't get your favorite lean cuisine meal or your favorite hungry man meal or your big bag of potato chips. I mean, there's no food. Or there's such a limited amount of food, it's the first 10 people into the store get the food and then they get stabbed in the parking lot by an angry mob who also wants the food. So we have no ability to understand that. As Americans, so that's what leads to us, in a sense, being brainwashed. We can't conceive of a world in which that is reality, and yet all of our societal problems. The Rockefeller Foundation report from earlier that said our food system in America creates an unequal system. It's or an unequal uh, uh, system of um, of of like racial inequalities. And it causes climate problems, and it causes health problems. And although I agree it causes health problems, and it causes climate problems, it's just probably not exactly you know the same. It's not the same. I have a different reason why it causes climate problems, okay? The reason I think it causes climate problems is because all the chemicals that are used and genetic engineering and the patenting of food and the patenting of life messing with the natural order of things, uh, it's un- just from the chemical standpoint, it's unsustainable. So what's the solution they offer? Well, we need more GMOs and we need more chemicals, but it's unsustainable. But that's what causes the climatic problems. That's what causes part of the health problems. But then the solution is just more of the same. But since people really aren't aware of the genetic engineering and the chemicals, they think, oh, it's just bad decisions made on the the the, 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 the part of the average individual, or it's just government corruption then that's just you know there's there's no there's no need to talk about the chemicals that's the solution to the problem there's no need to talk about gmos that's the solution to the problem no it's not the solution it just exacerbates the problem more it's the same thing with societal changes think about that supermarket that's empty of food we're told in America. We're racist. We're bigots. If you're white, you're a domestic violent extremist. If you question the elections, you're a terrorist. If you question pandemic lockdowns or masking, you're a terrorist. According to the official White House domestic terrorism report on countering uh, domestic terrorism, we have groups that want to abolish the police. They want to have a system in which kids are indoctrinated with critical race theory in school at a young age, that if you're white, you're essentially better than black people. But even though you're better, you're actually worse because you've oppressed them, even though you've done nothing but play with that other three-year-old kid on the playground and thought nothing of the color of their skin or the color of your skin. But we want to indoctrinate kids into that system. And it's like, think. let's think about this for a second. Do you, do you understand why people don't want police? No, you just know the rhetoric. George Floyd, Daniel Prude. Even though you're more likely to be shot as a white person than you are a black person by police. uh, You're more likely to die from gang violence as a black person. Like you're more likely to die at the hands of your own race than another race. But that doesn't matter. Do you know why they want to teach critical race theory in school? It's not because of creating a more equal, equitable society. It's about creating a more divisive society. It's about destroying the fabric of society drag queen story time and 0.5% of the population being promoted as if they are 99% of the population in the trans community. Uh, So think think about those things. Did you realize that getting rid of the police, replacing them with citizen patrol units and and a global city strong network like Obama set up under the UN and teaching critical race theory, these are the things that happen in communist countries that lead to the planned economies that lead to the food shortages that lead to you dying in the United States, it's race in China. It was class, but ultimately it's still about class just like it is in India. It's about class in Israel. It's about class. It's about the powerful wealthy people who have all the food and the peasants who who don't deserve any of it unless they fall into line and do exactly what the so-called elite want them to do. So, no food for you. No food for thought crime. No food for thought crime. You question anything, you don't get food. You understand that this is the introductory onset of what led to Venezuelan protests over no food and no medicine and Cuban protests and North Korea, you know, this is this is what leads to total destruction when they say we're going to create a more equitable society. They mean a more equal society for them. You'll be in equal poverty to your neighbor who you will fight over for a grain of rice. You will be in equal poverty to your friends who you'll stab to death and leave in a ditch for an apple. We don't know what it's like to not have food. We think we know what it means to be good people. We don't want police. Get rid of the police. That is until an anti-police group finds itself in a counter-protest and then they start calling for the police to help them. Well, if you get rid of the police, you replace them with Gestapo. You replace them with secret state police. You replace them with the Red Guards. You teach kids critical race theory in school when otherwise they wouldn't look at each other as different. And they're going to fight amongst one another. Just like that episode of King of the Hill with that diversity class in, in, in Bobby's, uh, uh, Bobby's school. And then kids started fighting with each other. Up until that point, nobody fought. Everybody was getting along fine. Uh, and, and we have to also acknowledge, of course, people are different. Of course, you're different. You have a different culture. You have a different heritage. You have a different uh, background. You have a different everything. You're not me. I'm not you. So the solution to the societal problems that we face in the United States, we are told that the solution is to create a system, and they just use words like equitable and equal, but to create a system that leads to the protests in Cuba. The food shortages in North Korea. And that's what lockdown has been about for over a year. Lockdown has been about decimating small businesses, eliminating competition, driving people to the brink of insanity, to suicide, alcoholism, drug abuse, and even poor lifestyle choices, depression, etc., 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 to traumatize them and to terrorize them into doing what the state says. Because guess what happens Eventually, it's not that the Democratic National Party working or convention working with the Democratic Party working through the White House decides to censor your text messages on an individual phone by phone, case by case basis. And once you have three strikes against you, they shut off your phone plan through the telecommunications companies. No, it's not just that reported on by Politico. It's not just the Hill reporting that Facebook is going to allow you to report your neighbors for suspicious behavior. It's not about censorship. At the end of the day, if you allow this system to unfold, and you speak in a way that the government doesn't like, no food for you. Right now, it's no social media post for you, no text message for you, no friends for you, social distance, get away from people, don't talk to people, don't communicate. Like in Canada, they're going to keep the lockdowns going in Canada officially because they don't want people to spread misinformation. That's official. You do what the state tells you to do, or you don't get food. Let's look at what's happening in North Korea, shall we? North Korea is expected to enter a quote-unquote harsh lean period, starting in August, with a food shortage of 860,000 tons this year. According to a report released by the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization, North Korea is expected to produce a, quote, near average level, quote, of food crop, which is around 5.6 million tons. The report says with commercial imports officially planned at 205,000 tons, the uncovered food gap is estimated at about 860,000 tons, equivalent to approximately 2.3 months of food use. 2.3 months of food use that they don't have. In response to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, North Korea shut its borders that resulted in a decline of trade with China. Trades down with China. But if you go back a couple of years ago, you'll find reports that North Korea has been exporting their food to China. They've been exporting their food to China. Kim Jong-un said in a report... Published by the Korean Central News Agency, quote, the people's food situation is now getting tense as the agricultural sector failed to fulfill its grain production plan due to the damage by typhoon last year. In 2019, the United Nations found that about 10.1 million people were suffering from a, quote, severe food shortage in North Korea. It turns out they've been exporting a lot of their food to China, just like all the... People living in the countryside during the communist revolution and collectivization and the eradication of private ownership of property and land and killing of farm animals and the destruction of just basic farm equipment because it all belonged to the community. Nobody took care of anything. Nobody had private property. They had to export all that food to the big cities for the government to use, you know, just like V for Vendetta. The real butter was going to the chancellor. Mao Zedong gets to set up fat on the hog with his meat and his heat in this big house while everybody else starves to death and eats mud. And that's not an exaggeration or hyperbole. That's, that's literally what happened to millions of people in China because of their planned economy. Planned economies don't work. They starve people to death. They starve millions of people to death, hundreds of millions that aren't killed directly by state sanctioned murder or violence in the street because there's no police or law or rule of order that's enforced. People that die of malnutrition and starvation. Everybody's so concerned about the Jews dying during the so-called Holocaust, they neglect to mention the Holodomor in the Ukraine where 25% of the Ukrainian population starved to death. That's more than the Jews that died supposedly in concentration camps, although there weren't as many Jews in in that part of the world at the time that would have been subject to German rule. And if there were, there would be virtually nobody alive today to collect reparations. So it's just a big scam, just like reparations in the United States for black people is a big scam. Ask those 25% of the Ukrainian population, ask those million, nine million people, how they felt about food shortages. Ask the people in Cuba right now. Ask the people in the UK. They're not really going to face the same kind of problems that Cuba's facing, but... UK food workers, drivers, uh, staff, and others uh, are not available to work. So in the UK, they expect food prices to rise by 5% as a result of that. That's in the UK, very similar to the United States. You're probably not going to face that kind of Cuban-style food shortage in the UK. You just might not get a turkey for Christmas. In fact, that's what one of the headlines... Uh, Reads from The Guardian on July 11th, UK food worker shortages push prices up and risk Christmas turkey supplies. Oh, no, you can't get Christmas turkey, folks. Well, guess what? Cubans can't get a grain of rice. Venezuelans have to eat their dogs. And your solution to food inequitability and sustainability and making the United States a better place to live is to overturn the system that gave us the abundance and the freedom and the resources that we have to help the rest of the world. And then globalists step in and brainwash the youth to overthrow the system that give them the ability to be free to overthrow the system in the first place and to talk about how, oh, no, we have food shortages. I can't get, you know, two cupcakes at the store. I can only buy one. Oh, my Starbucks drink went up $2. It's so horrible. And they make a little TikTok video. And yet, the White House that cares so much, they care, oh my God, they love minorities. They love drug dealers. They love human smugglers. They love all of it. They love little brown people and little black people. But if you're Cuban, don't come. Because if you're Cuban and you flee communism, you can't come to the United States. We don't want you here. Well, that's at least according to the White House. I say if you're Cuban, come on in. Because if you're Cuban, you know what you're escaping from. And when the Cubans get here, just like Venezuelans or anybody else from an authoritarian state get to the United States, guess who they normally support? They don't support politicians like Joe Biden. They support politicians like Donald Trump. They support politicians, nationalists, who want to make this country better for the people who live here, better for the people who are doing things legally. Uh, They support a system that is... Totally contrary to the one they just escaped from. There's videos all over the Internet. Cubans coming to America or Cubans that came to America a long time ago. Their family still lives in Cuba. And they're they're trying to tell the public through social media. uh, Cuba doesn't have medicine. Cuba doesn't have food. Cuba doesn't have electricity. They barely have running water. They barely have purified water. Riots, protests, secret police rounding people up. Is that what you want in America? Because that is damn sure what you're going to get if you continue down this line of thinking. Rather than the one that led you to the point where you have the freedom to overthrow the liberty that you were given at birth by happenstance. Not that you should be prideful of, but that you should be thankful for, because you could be living in a communist nightmare like Cuba or North Korea or China. I'm Brian Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. We have a lot more to get to. Don't go anywhere. You could listen to this.
0: And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but...
1: and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM,
3: but most importantly, it supports you. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings. And like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home business and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. i personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and US Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN
5: they all say the same thing they're all like you know over the last four years everything good that happened was because of us and we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys and then the democrats well, we did all the good stuff (laughs) It's like you're all working for the same guy
1: want more of the fringe check out the fringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM.
3: Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM.
5: This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash the secret teachings.
0: Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
5: I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero
1: Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
2: Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. People are lining up for food. That's a good
6: thing. The World Food Program is warning that by the end of this year, it could have to feed the most people in the agency's history, nearly 140 million. That's 40 million more than they expected pre-COVID. In a new report, it warns that COVID-19 has exacerbated already existing crises like climate change and displacement from war. For those already in need, the hungry and starving, COVID-19 is accelerating their nightmares.
3: Cubans taking to the streets protest testing, food and medicine shortages.
6: Riots and looting for almost a week. South Africa is trying to slowly get back on its feet. But now the challenge is meeting food demand. Protests are breaking out across Cuba and being supported by Cuban Americans in the U.S. Demonstrators are demanding change as they're forced to deal with food shortages and price hikes, all as the country suffers from the
2: coronavirus. This is a problem. The supermarkets, which kept the nation fed during lockdowns, now find their supply lines under pressure. Infant- and maternal mortality have risen dramatically and anemia, according to one recent report, now impacts 62% of Venezuelans. The letter calls on Boris Johnson to intervene to avert critical supply chains failing at an unprecedented and unimaginable level. It adds supermarkets are already reporting that they are not receiving their expected food stocks.
0: I'm a
3: fan of wearing a mask and I hope you are too. No mask, no soup. You know, it's funny, sometimes American journalists look about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food.
2: The rich get the food, and the poor starve to death. No, soup That's a good thing.
3: People are lining up for food because the rich and the powerful, like Bernie Sanders, took all the food. Because Mao Zedong took all the food. Because Joseph Stalin took all the food. That's why people are lining up for the food. That's why people are lining up to get a little bit of sustenance. You see lines of people in South Africa. Very little to no food. You see people lining up in Cuba protesting, rioting. They're not looting and destroying the businesses that they built. They're protesting and in some places rioting because there's no food. There's no medicine. The electricity is off. The internet has been turned off to try to stifle dissent. And the Cuban government says, President McGill says, this is just an attempt by the United States to destabilize Cuba. And although there's a long history of the United States destabilizing governments from South America to the Middle East, my question is, why are there so many Cuban Americans, whether they've lived here a decade or they just got here, who likewise are supporting the protests? Are they also paid for by the Central Intelligence Agency? are the young Cuban folks that you see on social media saying, you come to America and you never see anything like an American supermarket. You've never seen anything like this before. The amount of, uh, of abundance, the options, the choices, the availability. There is no food in Cuba. People are protesting because there aren't basic necessities. There are basic necessities and there are protests as a result of planned economies and authoritarian regimes that will turn the Internet off at the first sign of dissent so people can't communicate. Why do you think the Cuban government turned the Internet off? The same reason that the Obama administration and the Biden administration are attempting to do the same through individual cellular phones from the DNC to the telecommunications companies to big tech. They want to shut your phone off on an individual level for questioning things they don't like, whether it's the pandemic or it's an election result. They won't tell you, and you'll probably get banned or have your phone shut off for talking about what's happening in Arizona right now or in Georgia with all the election fraud. Still, July 2021. They won't tell you about that. You know, not will to talk about that. You're a terrorist if you talk about that. The Cuban government shut off the Internet so people can't communicate. Facebook censors, social media censors, so people can't communicate. Not about what they ate last night or, you know, they just got a new puppy or they went on a date or they got married or they got engaged, but so people can't communicate and have an open discussion and share ideas that might threaten the power structure. And right now in the United States, if you question whatever the status quo is, guess what happens? People laugh at you, they yell at you, they mock you. It's how it always works with big government. But the further and further you get into a big government, big brother authoritarian system, and the more socialist, the more collectivized, the more planned your economy and system become, the more restrictive the authoritarians become. So now you get your cell phone shut off and eventually you get no food. You get no food because you didn't support the regime or you get no food because there's just no food and the government won't acknowledge that their little plan was wrong. That's what's happening in North Korea. Their planned economy, partly planned economy, is leading to food shortages Harsh food shortages, 860,000 tons this year. No mention in the recent Newsweek article about food shortages in North Korea, about how North Korea has been exporting a lot of their food to China. Oh, thank you very much for the food, North Korea. Because Xi Jinping needs some food. So North Koreans have to put the bill up. They, they, They have to pay for it. Just like all the people in the countryside in the Communist Revolution had to give all their food and all their land and resources to the state. Thank you very much for participating in Communist Revolution. Now you die, scum. And they send the Red Guards and little 11-year-old girls to stab you to death. You know what they did in China? You know what they used to do in China? They used to literally cannibalize people in the countryside. They would just boil people alive and eat them. Not even because they were starving, just because they were just hordes and mobs of, of angry, antifal-like scum and thugs just roaming the countryside, roaming the cities, stabbing, raping, murdering, stealing, burning. Sound familiar to the summer of 2020? Getting rid of the police? Sounds similar to Red Guards and the Strong Cities Network and a global UN-China run police force. How can anybody in their right mind think that this is even kind of a a debatable subject? Especially as Americans. Americans that 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 hate the country because, oh, we have a bad history and there's some bad stuff that goes on. Of course there's bad stuff. We overthrow countries. You know, like it's you know, it's just like flipping a quarter. It's very simple. Just flip the quarter, overthrow a nation, flip the government. Of course. Yeah, people had slaves in the past. Everybody's had slaves. Every country, there are more slaves today in the world than there were in the 1800s or the 1700s. In fact, your little phones that you use to film your TikTok, Instagram videos and to twerk on were made by slaves. And your Nike and your Adidas, made by slaves. Made by slaves. But because they're not black slaves and because there aren't white plantation owners, I guess they don't matter, right? And that's just an awful thing to consider that that's actually at the root core of most people's belief systems. You know how many Muslims are in Chinese concentration re education camps right now? Millions of Muslims. Fulong Gong, taken off the street in unmarked vans and have their organs harvested for doing what? Meditating. Not protesting, not rioting, not looting, not pissing on pictures of Xi Jinping or Pooh Bear but literally for sitting in a park meditating, you get your liver taken out. The white van rolls up like the, I think it's like a, what is that, Stride Gum, the commercial? They go, eh. <laughs> This van rolls up, eh. And then they take the fulong gong and they cut the organs out because you can't do yoga or protest, uh, you know, peacefully. Even if you're not protesting, you want to pray in the park? Your ass is going to jail. But before your ass goes to jail, we're gonna take out your, uh, your kidneys. And that van just rolls up. That's what. That's what happens. But no, it's okay because China is wonderful. We love China. We love communism. We love socialism. Why do we love it so much? Well, because most people don't know what it is. They don't have any perspective on it. They don't know what it is in the modern day, let alone in the past. All y'all you know is about Hitler. That's all you hear about. It. Hitler, 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 Hitler. Maybe you hear about a Mussolini. Somebody throws a Mussolini in once once in a while. It's all Hitler, 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 Hitler. Well, you know what they had in Nazi Germany? They had um. Oh, I don't know what it was. Oh, they had food. I have listeners of this show whose relatives fled communist Russia. to go to Germany, to Nazi Germany, intentionally going to Nazi Germany so that they could get food. Because there's no food in communist Russia. There's no food. So if there's no food, people don't eat. People starve to death. Hitler's government might have been socialist, but it was a much different form of socialism than Venezuela or Cuba, or China, or Cambodia. Different kind. Still authoritarian. Still not something I want. I want to be free to communicate with other people. I want to be free to voice an opinion, and to have a conversation, and to realize, and to find out, and help other people find out, and realize, hey, we have a lot more in common than we have different. And stop fighting over the color of somebody's damn skin. And and stop using... People that look different than you as pets that you can put on leashes and control as a virtue for votes, for money, for people to say, You're a good person. Look at the way you take care of that black person. You're a good white guy. Look at the way you bow down to that black person, make them your slave. I mean, it's just so disgusting. And we have no context, no perspective of this in the United States. Of of the food shortages, the the the, the medicine shortages, you're getting a taste of it though. You're getting a taste of those uh, those electrical outages, aren't you? Huh? You hear about that in uh, Texas? You hear about what the federal government told the Texas power authorities to do? You know, we did a show on that called "Red Star State." Natural gas companies were told to turn the power off during the Texas winter storm. Turn off that power. I mean, hell, we we looked at the, the actual report directly from the federal government where they were t- telling them to the, turn the power off, and people died. There's your Green New Deal, folks. There's your wonderful save the environment policy. Turn the power off right when you need it. Charge people with smart meters more money for time of usage. Rip people off. Scam people. That's the authoritarian system. And we have no perspective because we go to the store, even when there's a food shortage, and we have an abundance of food, the likes of which people in places like Cuba can't imagine. Can't conceive. It's like an amusement park of food. It's just like you never even seen some of these foods before. I mean, hell, I work at a grocery store, and sometimes we get things in, food, produce, I've never seen before. I've never eaten before. It's astounding. I mean, there are people at the business I work at that have never eaten a strawberry or a raspberry before. and But they have an option to eat it because there's just, an, it seems like an endless supply. Oh, but the, you can't get organic lemons right now. Yeah, but we have conventional lemons, and there's limes, and there's like a thousand other products on the shelf that you can get. It's just another way to keep people in fear. Just like in the U.K., food shortages. And what, what's the result of a food shortage in the U.K.? Well, they're operating meat plants at about half capacity, according to reports that I've read. The fruit industry is, is unable to produce as much fruit, or at least to get it out into the public because of the lack of truck drivers. So what do they do? What do they do? They say, there's a horrible food shortage coming. You might not be able to have a turkey for Christmas. And it's like, is that, that's really the worst of our problems? I mean, yeah, we don't want to see a food shortage, but if the worst of your problems is you don't have an organic lemon in the United States or you don't have a turkey for Christmas in the UK, imagine not having a bowl of rice in Cuba. Imagine going to the store in South Africa and there's no food just because of riots and protests. That's not even because of some communist dictatorship. The former president of South Africa is arrested. And, and just this country erupts into lawlessness. And then it makes the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and the United Nations. They look, they look all real, they're real smart. They sit there, you know, with their pink sweaters. We told you there were food shortages coming. Yeah, because you shut down the global economy. You effer. And then Melinda Gates, the wife of Bill Gates made an astonishing acknowledgement to the New York Times. Last year remember this thing that Melinda Gates said in the New York Times about the economy, she said this. This is a this is a quote from the New York Times and Melinda Gates. What did surprise us is we hadn't really thought through the economic impacts. Everybody should go double take. What? You didn't think about the economic impacts of shutting down the world? You didn't think there would be food shortages? You didn't think hundreds of millions of people would starve to death? You didn't think millions of people would lose their jobs? Hundreds of thousands of people would lose their small businesses? You didn't think that this would put billions of dollars into the pockets of your corporate friends? Trillions of dollars into the pockets of your corporate friends. You didn't think that this would give government absolute authority over all matters private and public in the lives of the average individual citizen? You didn't think that this would further suppress, oppress, and murder people in the third world and in countries like Cuba and Venezuela and North Korea? You didn't think this would give more power to the communist Chinese government by decimating the U.S. economy and other Western economies? You didn't think that this would have any economic impact, you disgusting, filthy witch? But uh, Bill Gates just disappears. And now Melinda Gates has... Has the perceptual control of because Bill Gates slept with some women outside of his marriage. Oh, what what you didn't? Nobody thought Bill Gates was at an eyes wide shut party that didn't cross anybody's mind. You know what that is? That's getting ahead of the open acknowledgement that Bill Gates was banging some kids is what that is at Epstein's Island. Oh, Bill Gates! He 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 harassed somebody at Microsoft. Boo hoo! He grabbed somebody's ass at Microsoft. Some twenty-something, thirty-something-year-old woman. Oh no! Bill Gates. He just he had a hall pass. He went out and banged some uh, some older women. Okay, great. Well, what was he doing at Epstein's Island? There weren't a lot of older women there, and the older women that were there were holding down the girls so the guys could rape them, or they were participating in the orgies like the intelligence asset, Ghislaine Maxwell, who does a Photoshop for Disney, you know, a photo op for Disney. Save the kids. Yeah, we love kids. Meanwhile, she's hanging out with George Mitchell, former Disney chair and Democratic senator, of course, Democratic senator down at Epstein's Island, just banging their way through a group of of toddlers. And it's all okay because it's liberal and because it's progressive and because If you don't agree with it, you must be a Republican. You couldn't just be a human being concerned with the welfare of children or the state of affairs in the political system, economic system, social system. And these are the people that want to lock down the world, that do lock down the world, that tell you to put a muzzle on your face, that tell you to take experimental medical treatments, that tell you you can have a business. What's essential? What's not essential? No, we are essential. Not Melinda Gates. Melinda Gates, you are unessential. Bill Gates, you are unessential. You're non-essential human beings. In fact, you might not even be human beings. Klaus Schwab is non-essential. The World Economic Forum is non-essential. But they sound so smart, don't they? Because they always seem to predict, there's going to be a pandemic. And, and, you know, there's going to probably be a pandemic, and a lot of people are going to die. And then what happens? There's There's a pandemic that you organized and planned. You had simulations on it, but it makes you look real smart. Then they tell you a cyber attack's coming. There's going to be attacks on the food supply system. That's going to lead to food shortages. And then there's attacks on the food supply system. Oh, my God, Klaus Schwab knew we can predict the future. No, you can't predict the future, Klaus Schwab. You plan it, and then you say this is going to happen, and then you do it. You know, if I go to the police and say a bank in my town is going to be robbed next week, because I'm planning to rob it, and the police say, okay, whatever, and then I go rob the bank, suddenly I'm right because I plan to go rob the bank. They planned for the cybersecurity attacks. They planned for the lockdown. They planned for the economic impact that leads to millions of people starving to death and losing their jobs. And, uh, you know, I don't know, they planned to decimate the world economy so they could build it back better. And that's the campaign slogan of the White House. That's even what Melissa Ho, Senior Vice President of the World Wildlife Fund and advisor uh, to the Rockefeller Foundation said, COVID exposed so much that was broken with the food system, but building back better is the solution. We, we, We just didn't know there would be economic impacts. What do you mean you didn't know there'd be economic impacts, you witch? What are you talking about? Of course you knew there would be economic impacts. You planned them. And then we come to this. The final piece. Violence spreads in South Africa. North Koreans are suffering from about a million tons of food absence, food shortage. A little different than the UK food shortage. I'm sorry, you just don't get a turkey this Christmas. You don't have an organic lemon in the United States. But yet people in places like Cuba, people in places like even in Hong Kong, facing Chinese oppression from the mainland. Um, Venezuela, uh, protesters tend to do things that are a little bit bizarre and hard to understand for college kids here in the United States. They wave American flags. The Associated Press reported, demonstrators in Cuba protest food shortages, rising prices amid coronavirus crisis. Thousands of Cubans marched against food shortages and high prices amid the coronavirus crisis and one of the biggest anti-government demonstrations in memory. And they say, oh, it's because of climate change, that there's replacement migration. it's because of climate change that people are protesting. It's because of coronavirus, there's going to be migration and there's going to be there's going to be countries that, that fall apart. Yeah, because you planned it. It's not because of climate change. It's not because of COVID-19, it's because you shut the world down. You did to the world economy. On a macro level, what the Chinese government does to their economy, what the Cubans do to their economy, what the Venezuelans do to their economy, not the average person, the government, they destroy and then they rebuild. And when they rebuild, five people have control. And they get the meat and they get the butter and they get the chocolate. And you get nothing, you peasant. That's what it means to create a more equal society. Make it more equal. Make it more equitable. That just means everybody is equally poor. And so people in Cuba were going around chanting freedom, enough, unite, and waving U.S. flags. And according to one protester, quote, we are fed up with the queues, the shortages. That's why I'm here. Obviously this whole thing's Donald Trump's fault because Trump imposed sanctions on Cuba. And uh, Joe Biden, they're going to leave those sanctions there. Still Trump's fault, though. And the Biden administration says, we don't want Cubans coming to the United States. Oh, isn't that wonderful? They love everybody. They just don't love you if you're Cuban because you're fleeing communism. Um, Why do you think Cubans want to come here? Cubans could flee other places just because the U.S. is close. Maybe Cubans are coming here and others are coming here because they don't want to live in a country where there's no food, medicine, electricity, water, where the Internet is shut off, where you can't communicate, where you get rounded up by secret police for having an opinion. Maybe that's why Cubans are coming here. Maybe that's why Biden doesn't want Cubans coming here. You don't want people to come here and to tell the rest of the American public that Biden's policies lead to what happened in Cuba. That this slow but progressively quicker advance toward an authoritarian collectivized state is what leads to the starvation and the beginning of censorship leads to the mass death, murder, killing, starvation, a lot of people die. You can sit here and say, "Well, that's like you're, it's just a red scare. It's all about communism. You're afraid of communism." We just need shirts. Communism kills, is what we need. Communism kills, or refuse fascism, but with a big hammer and sickle on it. You think people in government care about you, in a in a in a in a in a system like the United States has? We know people don't care about us. You think replacing that system with the Cuban system is going to be better? Or the Venezuelan system? You better get ready to cook your dog up. There's no food, ladies and gentlemen. There's no medicine. There's no electricity. And you're getting a taste of that now. What happened in Texas? They want that everywhere in the United States. Rolling blackouts to save the climate. Reduce carbon dioxide emissions. They want artificial food shortages or intentionally organized food shortages, whatever you want to call it, artificial, organized. They want that because then they can control the food. They can control the people, control the oil, control the nations, control the food, control the people. You're going to see more of the rolling blackouts and the food shortage scares. It ain't going to stop. I'm going to play you a quick clip from a movie called Mr. Jones based on a true story about the Soviet Union and the mass indirect murder through starvation of Ukrainians.
1: The Soviet Union is not the workers' paradise that was promised. It is not the great experiment that you read about in the press. Stalin has no stunning new achievements. Unless you consider killing millions of innocent people an achievement. Make no mistake. If we let him get away with this man-made famine,
3: there will be others like him. There's plenty of others like Stalin. They're alive and well today. There's actually a, another clip I was looking for. I, I don't see it here in my uh, my audio file. But uh, Mr. Jones is talking to, to George Orwell. And uh, Orwell says, uh, But isn't this system better? And uh, Mr. Jones says, it's the same system of exploitation that we have other places. Here, in these countries like the Soviet Union, it's just more exploitation. It's just worse. It's not better. It's worse. So, sure, complain and bitch and moan about how bad the United States is or Western civilization And say, let's replace it with one of these other systems. These other systems are better. Nope, they're just the same governmental exploitation. But they're worse. They're a lot worse. They're not having food worse. They're not having medicine worse. They're not having electricity worse. They're not having water worse. They're not having the ability to speak your mind worse. Or congregate with other people. Or to walk outside and breathe freely. Or to have bodily autonomy worse. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a system where if I have my own opinion, then I don't get food. If I am guilty of a thought crime, I don't get food. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you all for tuning in this evening. Please go to the website, thesecretteachings.info, if you support this show, if you want to support this show. Subscribe to the archive, get access to all the shows like this. Download and stream them. Get access to the montages and do the same thing with those and get access to all of my digital books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can also buy those books separately on the website. Read reviews at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you want to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. Check out our affiliates, Pro One Water Filter and US Plus Health. Pro One Water Filters and US Plus Health. Stay safe, stay informed, and we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Tomorrow night... We're going to talk about comets and asteroids. Stay tuned for that. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here, exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at The Secret To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.